Pastor Tan. I wanted to get on and just let you know that there are some things that are been able to be shaking and some things that are shifting and some things that are moving and some things that are in the atmosphere. And it's always through the television, <laughs> um, a little bit of the social media. And also at the same time, it's right before us. So I've been able to be a little bit, you know, adventurous and having some different things that's going on for me. But I wanted to let you know that God is still on the throne and he is worthy to be praised. I don't know who this is for. I don't care what situation you are in. I don't care what the circumstances are or will be or the diagnosis or anything the doctors or the lawyers or anything that's going on in your life is trying to dictate to you god still says he is the deciding factor amen let me say that one more time for the people in the back god is still the deciding factor do it always mean that god is always the deciding factor yes it is hmm isn't it See, some people want to sit here and say, well, you know, I'm God and, you know, I'm, you know, the Elohim over my life. Nah, no, you're not. God is deciding factor for us. No matter what we feel, no matter how we treat him, he is still the deciding factor for us. So I'm letting you know this right now. Um, Please make sure that you pause on today. I know for some of us, we are having our children to go back to school and having the teachers to already start preparing their assignments and their records of what they need to be able to teach the children on this year. But I want us as parents to get in that frame of mind to start connecting to who God is for us and be able to sit there and honestly pray over our children and also the teachers and also the school within itself. The location, the people that are on the crosswalks to the police officers that are escorting your children to school. I'm telling you, it makes an impact for their safety, for their well-being. Also to give them the wisdom of Solomon to understand and comprehend some of the things that are being thrown at them in education and on their assignments and in their studies. We need to be able to be the forefront for our children. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Educators are there, yes, to teach them a certain type of way of how the curriculum is being taught in this time, in this age. But the real teacher is the parent. Parents. Whether you are single, whether you're married, or whether you are being able to have someone as extended family helping you to raise your children, or just simply being able to sit there and say, look, I have to pay the bills and the clothes and the shoes and all of these different elements for your children to understand and know that their future all tell them, sit them down, let them learn who God is. 
And it says in the word, while they're in your home, paraphrasing, when you're walking with them, when you're just sitting with them or, you know, having conversation with them, let them know the word of God. And since we've been able to do Bible in the year with our children, it has been a huge impact on our lives and in our children's lives. They have so many different questions, so many statements, so many things that really as a human being, they have their own voice. They have their own way of processing things. So let them do that. And if they have questions you don't understand, take it to God and also to the, you know, sometimes the elders or sometimes some of your friends and families that are in the church that can be able to help you and assist you. These are the things that we should be able to have the conversations now to build a firm foundation. So by the time that they're going to school, that the enemy can't come in and infiltrate their minds or their hearts and tell them how to be able to think and how to be able to behave. So they already have that firm foundation in them. And I wanted to talk about this. And it's a segue into what we've been able to have for the podcast on this week. Please understand that God is the main one. He is the main source for us. And I was going back into the word of God and God laid it on my heart to go to Ezra. And he was talking about how the altar needed to be rebuilt in Ezra. And it was talking about a lot of different things in that book. And you have to go back and read it for yourself. But we're going to start in the third chapter. And it is the King James Version. Third chapter, first verse. And when the seventh month was come and the children of Israel were in the cities, the people gathered themselves together as one man to Jerusalem. Second verse. Then stood up Jeshua, the son of Jacor, and his brethren, the priest, and Zerubbabel, the son of Sheltol and his brother, and built the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. And built the altar of God of Israel to offer burnt offerings thereon, as it is written in the law of Moses, the man of God. Third verse, and they set the altar upon its basis for fear was upon them because of the people of whom, excuse me, of those countries. And they offered burnt offerings thereon unto the Lord, even burnt offerings morning and evening. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Even burnt offerings morning and evening. Fourth verse, they kept also the feast of the tabernacles as it is written and offered the daily burnt offerings by number according to the customs as this duty of every day required. Verse five, and afterward offered the continual 
burnt offering, both of the new moons and of all the set feasts of the Lord that were consecrated and of everyone that willingly offered a free will offering unto the Lord. Verse 6, for the first day of the seventh month began they to offer burnt offerings unto the Lord. But the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. All right. And this will come into that you need to let God be the one true God for you. And I wanted to say this because so many times our offerings our way of living can be detrimental to us. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Sometimes the way that we live, the way we offer our way and our placement in God, let me say that one more time. The way that we present our bodies, the way that we conduct ourselves, the way that we are able to sit there, whether it is a good manner or bad habit, good or bad, we are supposed to be the example that we need to set forth for the next generation. We're supposed to be the ones that are, if we had so many people, for instance, that used to drink alcohol in our family, we need to be the one that sits there and says, you know what? I will absolutely not let this happen again. So I will sit there and I will disconnect from these different ways of thinking, different ways of mindset, different ways of behavior. I will stop. I will immediately pause, not even think about, not even go towards that situation of becoming an alcoholic. Come on now. I will stop lying and fornicating and committing adultery and doing these things because I don't want that to go to the next generation. We want to teach our children the right way in God. Now, when they were doing the offerings, they were doing it according to the law of Moses, and that's in Exodus. And they would have a particular way because God instructed them so particular about how he wanted the offerings to go. And he, they did it the way that God wanted to go. But also at the same time, let me say this one more time. The foundation of the temple was not assured. It was not built. Do you understand that when you don't have the structural foundations in God, like fasting and praying and meditation on the word of God, that means being able to focus and be able to dwell on the word and have it applied to your life. 
and also at the same time putting on the armor of God, being able to have the attributes of God. You cannot stand in this time and hour if you are out there naked. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And I'm talking about spiritual. I'm not talking about natural. You can put on clothes and look nice on Sunday. And by Monday, you are tore up because you haven't put on the full armor of God in the spirit. And then at the same time, you're not educating yourself nor your children how to be able to combat the enemy. You're not sitting here and telling them that this is not what we're supposed to be. This is not how we're supposed to conduct ourselves in public or in private, but at the same time, giving them the lifelong lessons. You teach them how to be able to change a tire, but not teach them how to be able to pray to God. You teach them how to be able to balance a checkbook and finances and investments but you're not telling them how to be able to operate and be able to contact God when they need a 911 call, when they're in emergency, when they're sitting here and they don't have enough food to go and continue to the next week. They don't have enough finances to be able to continue to the next week. Then you don't have the solid foundation that you should have in God in order for you to teach them what they need to know. Y'all, let me calm down. See, there is such a thing as having the foundation. Yes, you are practicing all the things that God wants you to have. But at the same time, do you have a relationship with him? Oh, y'all, let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Do you have a relationship with him? You can practice what you are preaching and teaching and giving it to your children. But do you have the intimate relationship with God? Whereas you spend some time with God, even if it's 15 minutes or an hour or two hours, do you honestly pursue a relationship with God? And you sit there and you give him a time block and say, look, this is the time that I'm going going to be able to go and talk to God and let him know what's going on like Moses and be able to sit there and get revelation from him and also at the same time have to be able to patience to sit there and wait and know that God is speaking when no one else is talking oh come on now See, we think that it's only a one-way street, that we sit there and we talk to God, but he doesn't, you know, we don't pause and say, wait a minute, God, do you have a reply for me? Do you have a rebuttal for me? I can shabak you, God, all the time, but unless he, I give the value and the glory and the honor to him and give him time to speak into me, then what is it going to profit me if I do everything else but don't have a relationship with him? Y'all, the the relationship we have with God, we got to let him be the one, the one we run to, the one that we know there's so many Elohims. But the God of Isaac and Jacob and Moses and Abraham, the one that has been able to be the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the Rapha, the Elohim, the El Shaddai, the one that gives the peace, the one that gave us Emmanuel, God is with us, the one that teaches us our hands to war, 
that one. See, we want to sit here and skip who God is and his authority. We want to sit here and not give God his due. Don't you know if it wasn't for him and him being on our side, where will we be? For him to be able to wake us up in the morning and give us fresh manna from heaven. And that's in the word. He gives you food. He gives you the clothes on your back and he gives you the shoes on your feet. And he gives you the health, the good health that you have. See, some of us want to sit here and say, oh, I'm practicing what God says doing, and I got this down pack, and I got this, but have you seriously sat there and went to go pursue God lately? Oh, y'all don't hear me. See, I don't care how many times that the body of Christ can come together, but if you don't have a relationship with God, what is the point of you being, say, you're a Christian without sitting there and knowing who God is and knowing his son? See, we want to sit here and we want to say, okay, we know God, we know Elohim, but do we know his son? See, you can't have the one without the other. You can't go before God because then if you go before God without Jesus and he's the one that shed his blood on Golgotha for you in 42 generations, then what in the world are you going to be able to do to withstand the almighty God? You can't even look upon him, let alone be in his presence because we were supposed to be dead. We, we have the sentence and we have the penalty of death already on us. But without Jesus, without the advocate, without him being able to go before the Father, which is God Almighty, we, don't, we can't make it. But some of us think you can disloan or dis, dis, dis and genuinely say, look, we don't need Jesus. What is wrong with you? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Jesus is the reason why we can be able to have the bridge, the relation we have with the Father. He was able to sit there and give us something that the world could not give us. The foundation, the start of the foundation we had with him. He was able to do what the first Adam could not do, which is make sure we stayed in the perfect relationship with God. See, sin already entered in with Adam and Eve sinned and we were born into sin and sin led to death. See, sometimes we need to understand that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost play an intricate part in our foundation on today. See, God needs to be the one. His Son needs to be the one. The Holy Spirit needs to be the one. And they're all working together, three in one, to give us what we need when we need it. And I bind up right now in the name of Jesus. The very thought, the inkling that none of these, all three of them work in synchrony. They, we all need all of them. Not just one. We need all of them. 
We need the Father that's created us. We need the Son that's been able to redeem us. And we need the Holy Spirit in order to maintain and able to help us to know know what's right and what's wrong. See, we need all of them. So don't let the enemy come in and say, wait a minute, one is bigger than the other. No, it's not. Absolutely not. Don't let the enemy, Satan, and his demonic interventions come into your mind and state this stuff. I cast that out right now in the name of Jesus because sometimes our thoughts are not God's thoughts and our ways are not his ways. And that's in the word also. But the firm foundation that we have in him needs to be maintained. See, sometimes we need to understand, and I had to understand this for myself because this was the first time that in South Korea, me and my family had to be able to rent a home. And it's a two-story home. It's a really nice home. But you have to maintain some things. If you see like bricks are moved or or something, the concrete is coming up or, you know, you have different things, different elements that are moved or or shifting or, you know, misplaced and can imbalance, you know, the the whole tire structure or the foundation. And then you have to go in and you got to have someone that can be able to repair those things. See, that's the thing is that God was the main person that gave us the structure, but Jesus was the one that's been able to come in and be the carpenter and be the repair person we needed to maintain the relationship we have with him. Y'all don't see, y'all love how God comes into the room, how the Holy Ghost just lets you reveal things. And then the Holy Spirit is the one that sits there and he sees the maintenance that we need. And then at the same time, he lets us know what is right and what is wrong. And then at the same time, the Holy Spirit sits there and tells me and says, you know what? Go here and go there for this supply and this material. And why won't you go here and fast on this? Or why won't you pray about this? And why won't you go ahead before you even head out, Tanya? Why won't you go ahead and pray about this? Well, and then they, you know, the Holy Spirit will have you the unction to function, get you up when your body wants to sleep. Oh, come on now. See, right now it is 2.34 in the morning here in South Korea, and I still have to be up because God needed for me to go ahead and put this out into my podcast that God doesn't care about the time nor the respect of person, but it's the willingness and in the heart of who God is that's genuine to us. He was the one that said, you know what? Send me, I'll go. Even when time gets tough and when you can't sleep or when you need this done or need that done, but God still sits there and says, I need you to press towards the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. Pressing means that you have to be able to go and you need to be able to get out of your position right now and move forward or upward. 
or downward or wherever God is propelling you to go. Let me say one more time for the people in the back. You cannot stay stagnant in what God needs for you to do. You have to be able to let God be the one to structure you, to reform you, to go and be able to have surgery on your body and your mind and your heart. Y'all don't understand the validity of who God is. Let him be the one. When all else fails, call on him. Call on him. And let him know that I get weary sometimes, God, but I'm asking you to give me the push, the drive that I need. God, help me to be able to balance these things out of having to work and then having to take care of my children and then having all of homework and being a mother and having to be able to balance all of these different things. God, help me to understand be able to form the opinions, but not just the opinions, but the interpretation of what the Bible is saying to these people and to us nowadays. Let me say it one time for the people in the back. It's not my opinion. Let me be able to, Lord, be able to communicate what you're telling me to the people of God, to the church of God. To the people that need it and for the ones that are trying to understand why it is important for us, for you to be the one. And then at the same exact time, excuse me, the foundation of the temple of the Lord was not yet laid. Don't you know that sometimes the resources that you don't have. God has to teach you how to labor without the resources you have. Let me see it one more time for the people in the back. God, sometimes you lack some things because you are not able to function without sitting there and depending totally on God. I was listening to a young lady how she had a book already coming out, but she was saying while she was lacking, God was teaching her how to still pray, how to still meditate, how to still fast, how to have relationship with him when it when she was down and out. Now, since she's been able to make it, she knows the value of prayer and praise. She knows who God is. And she knows the value of who God is and the communication skill set of who they are in each other. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. She started a relationship with God a long time ago and it kept her going forward. No matter what people said, see, sometimes people can say things and throw us off. But what did God say? All y'all don't understand. What did God say? Because the enemy can have people, close people or associates just to knock you off of what you're being able to be called and appointed to do because that's not their assignment. They want to deter you, want to make you linger, want to make you think all these different things. But God is the final say so and he should be. For you and for me. Now let's go back into the word of God. 
It says the seventh verse, and they gave, excuse me, they gave money unto the masons and to the carpenters and, and meat and drink and oil unto them of Zodan and to them of Tyra to bring cedar wood from Lebanon to the sea of Joppa, according to the great that they had of Sisera, Cyrus, king of Persia. Now, what I've learned is that the, let's go back. When they gave this money, they are expecting top quality. Don't you know that when they gave them the money and they went to go get cedar from Lebanon, it's very famous lumber. That lumber was building, helping build God's temple, God's sanctuary. And David used that lumber and, and so many different people, Solomon, so many different people went to, went to Lebanon to get that tree. It's a Pacific tree. The cedar tree was so much structural foundation that it was very, very precious, expensive, precious material and the top material that only you can be able to use for God's temple. Now, I'm going to say it like this because God just told it to me. How is it that we want the clothes to be fine, the shoes to be fine, that our hair, everything else, even the car we drive, the food that we have on our plates to be fine and eloquent and also very tasty and delicious and top quality, but we don't want to even have a top quality relationship with God. We don't want to sit there and spend our time in our word. We don't want to sit there and go the distance, even when we're feeling sick or, or tired or exhausted. We don't want to. But yet and still, we expect for God to give us top quality every time before we wake up. Oh, let me marinate on that one. Oh, come on now. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You want God to give you top quality, but you're giving lackluster quality to him. Ooh, wait a minute, Pastor. What you talking about? See, sometimes we sit there and we give God, not even our first fruit. We give God the same thing that Cain gave him, the leftovers. And God is not pleased with that. He's not going to sit there and participate, want to even be around. He's not going to want to do that. But you can be on the TV. You can be able to spend time on the Internet or the websites or the different, you know, uh, social medias. But you're not even giving God his just due. And he's supposed to be the God, the God. Not anything that we have learned, any, you know, all these different Elohims. He's the real Elohim. He's the real original OG. He, he is the original God. But we want to sit here and get mad and fussing and upset when God brings us 
trials and tribulations in order for us to stay strong. But we want to fuss because now we don't we want our, we don't want our feelings hurt. We don't want to keep going. We want to stop. And God is sitting here and saying, "Wait a minute. You said God send me I go. You said that when you turn over your life to God, that he was supposed to be your author and your finisher of your faith. You said, you said that he was supposed to be the God, the one true one. But now you want to backpedal because it's not going your way. Oh, come on now. See, I didn't think I was going to be at this situation, at this time, in this place in my life, at this certain period. But I'm here because God needs to be glorified. God needs to get the recognition. God needs to be able to stand up and know what's going on. Because at the same time, every level that you go into God, you need to have the mindset, I'm here to serve him and to do his will. Because then when I do his will, he will sit there and say, you've been faithful and I will elevate you and I will put things in front of you and I will anoint you and appoint you for a different time in a different position because you've been faithful in this one. And I had to sit there and I, and I know my husband may not understand it, but because he's been faithful and I love how God sat there and he was able to retain back his old position, his old job when he was first here in South Korea. But don't you know, because he's been faithful of the few things God gave him the abundance of something else. How can we not sit here and not give God the glory and the honor? See, that's why God can't increase your finances because he knows you're greedy. He knows that you're not going to be able to financially obtain everything and keep everything in God. And you're going to spend everything. Oh, come on now. Let's talk about it. See, some of us, God knew he can't make us billionaires because we will go off and we would not even consider who he is. See, he knows the mindset. He knows the calculation of who you are. He knows how to keep you humble, keep you sustainable, keep you able to keep going and then having you in a position where you always going to need him and always going to know that God is with you. See, he knows the very thoughts that are in your mind and, and he knows your heart. But it's, since your heart is wicked, don't you know that God will put you places just for his glory? And you need to give him that every time. So when they were giving the money to the people, to the carpenters, and to all these various people, the masons, the one that work on there, the meat and the drink and the oil, they're sitting here and trying to build up their stamina, build up their strength in order for you to work at the house of God. Don't you know God does the same thing for us? He builds up our character. He builds up our mindset. He builds up our way of understanding and knowledge and wisdom. He builds us up in all in our prayer life, in our fasting and meditation. And also he builds us up in all the different obstacles that we go through. He builds us up. 
so that we can be able to put on the full armor of God and have the characteristics of him so that before we even go out the door, we they know significantly already there's something different about you and they just can't place it. There is something about that person, he or she, that has a love and has that heart and is happy. Now, how can I get that? Now, now let's go back to the word of God. Amen. Because it's getting juicy. Now, verse eight. Now, in the second year of the coming of the house of God at Jerusalem, in the second month, began Zerubbabel, the son of Shalal, and Jeshua, the son of Zokah. And the remnant of their brethren, the priests and the Levites, and all they that are come out of the captivity unto Jerusalem, and appointed the Levites from 20 years old and upward to set forward the works of the house of the Lord. Verse 9 Then stood Yeshua with his sons and his brethren, Kamal and his sons, and the sons of Judah together to set forward the workmen in the house of God. The sons of Hendah with their sons and their brethren, the Levites. Verse 10, and when the buildings laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, very important. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the son of Asp, with symbols to praise the Lord. After the ordinance of David, king of Israel. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. Let me read that one more time. And when the building laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priest in their apparel with trumpets and the Levites, the sons of Asp, with symbols to praise the Lord. After the ordinance of the king of, excuse me, of David, king of Israel. Listen, they are trying to sit here and have went and saw when the foundation was laid, they were able to go with the temple of the Lord. They made sure the priests, the Levites, were in their certain specific apparel with trumpets sounding. And having them to be able to praise the Lord as such as David did. See, when people sit there and they see you praising God, such as David did, and he praised God so much that he came out of his clothes because he knew who God was. His wife was so injustice and saying, oh my God, you know, was just indignant, but he did not care because he wanted to know who God is and letting other people know who God is and who he was in his life. 
When have you honestly sat there and given God the praise in the battle, before the battle, even when you're not in the battle and be at peace and calm and still give God the praise? Let me say that one more time for people in the back. Do you understand every time that the Israelites went out, Judah, which means praise, went before the people to praise God and let him know that the victory was God's and God's alone. See, some of us want to sit here and give nimmy, nimmy praises. I'm talking about small praises instead of hallelujah. Glory be to God. Let God be the main one and let the enemies be scattered. Let God arise and let the enemies be scattered. Have you honestly sat there one day and sometimes, and I had to listen to Pastor Jay Hazlick and my husband had to remind me, sometimes you have to praise God on credit. Do you understand that sometimes you have to praise God until some things start shaking and moving and shifting? You need to understand the one that you have been living and giving your praise to and giving the acknowledgement to. Don't you know that's the same living God that gave you breath in the body, that gave you the soul and the mirror of your spirit, that was with you when you were in the womb of your mother? And also when you came out, he is still establishing you. See, the foundation of who God is in you, that's the main reason why we need to say God is the main one. Let him be the one. Let his son be the one. Let the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit be the one. And stop sitting up here and letting other things competition in your heart and your mind we are almost there it is almost time for the son of man to come back let god be the one in your finances and your children and and your husband and your marriages and your household and when you are driving in your car and when you're on your job let him be the one let him be the one that when you have problems and you have all of these diseases and having inflections and having so many things to come on, let him be the one. So while you're having the chaos around you, you are still in the eye of the storm and God is having you in his bosom. Let him be the one. And I love it that they praise God and go down to verse 11 and they sing together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord because he is good for his mercy endureth forever towards Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Now, let me say this right now, that when God knew exactly that everything was precept upon precept, line upon line, when the people and the priests and the Levites came in, and the priests and the Levites are the same people, but I'm telling you, 
when they found out that they had the firm foundation and they were able to have an intimate relationship with God and they laid the foundation both spiritually and naturally. Don't you know they gave God the praise and the glory and the honor? Because it was able to sit there and now they had a relationship with them and they can keep their house in order. They can keep the house of God in order. Can you say the same? Oh, y'all don't want to hear me though. Y'all, y'all think that because you go to church, the religiousity isms, the isms and the schisms. See, you go ahead and you dress like this and you do that, but you don't have a relationship with God. The relationship that makes you want to do right, that makes you want to shift some things, that makes you want to Shabbat God, which is talk to God and having God to be the main focus in your life to, in order for you to live. That, that you honestly know the life and death is in God and God alone. See, some of us want to sit here. And you want to ponder and you want to, what is it, play Russian roulette with your life. You want to sit here and taste of God, but then go back and have patty cake with the enemy. No, not, not so. Not, not, uh, 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 not so. It's either you God for I live or for God I die. I don't have no in between. There is no in between for us. Nothing lukewarm, we're either hot or cold. God don't want us lukewarm. He will spit us out of his mouth. That's in the word. But because of the foundation that was laid. Have, have you ever been where you honestly have a good foundation? Let's just say in a sandwich. Well, Pastor Tanya, what are you, what are you talking about? Do you understand when you get the really good, wholesome bread, whether it is wheat or white or, or just organic, you got a good foundation. It's so flat. And then you can put it in the toaster and it's got that really, really good golden brown flavor to it. And the color is rich and flavorful. And then you place it on the plate. And also at the same, you can cut off the edges if you need to. And then some of us will take it and leave it and then place a ham. I'm talking about sometimes that, that really good ham, that, that good ham that you used to grow up with. See, when you got that meatiness, that, that tender, really good care into the meat, whether you have continents on the sides or you have pickles or lettuce or what have you, or you just simply want the meat. See, God simply wants you to be faithful, to be trusting him, to be guided by the Holy Spirit, to be anointed and appointed and doing what thus says the Lord. That's and having his son and recognizing his son for who he is. He is simply not a prophet. That's absolutely false. Don't let the enemy sit there and say that Jesus is just a prophet. Do you understand? He came down through 42 generations from heaven. 
just to be able to do what no other man can do, which is give us love and give us the sacrifice to go back to God. Y'all, that's the laying of the foundation. And when you place that last piece of bread on top and it's got the same golden brownness at the bottom as in the bottom of that plate of, of the second slice of it. And then you take that first bite. And for me, you sometimes I got to add some things to it. You I like the honey mustard here. Or you might want to add a little bit of lettuce or some pickles. Just to be able to keep the flavor going. Don't you know that's what God did with Jesus? Oh, y'all don't hear me though. See, God had to be able to bring his son into our way and wrap him up in the flesh, but also at the same time have the spiritualness of, of being walking amongst us. Oh, y'all don't hear me though. God gave his son, his only son, to give us life and life more abundantly. Let him be the one. Stop calling and saying, well, I got this going on. I got that going on. You know what? I got so many different things going on. But yet and still, I want him to be my one. I always will tell God, I thank you. I always want to be faithful and being able to faithful even when I am not sometimes. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. You know what? I've done some things that I am so ashamed of, but God is yet and still faithful to forgive me. When I feel like, you know, I don't want to even stay up or I don't want to even crack open the Bible, but God is giving me another chance. And that is the same for you. Every sin that you have done, God is willing to forgive. But you are not gone that far that God is not honestly telling you in your ear every day, come home. Come home. Don't get so busy in this world, but come home. Well, pastor, you know, I got this going on and I'm young and, you know, I have yet to see I was young. Now I am old season now, paraphrasing. I have yet to see the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging for bread. Let God be the one. Y'all can sit up here and tell me all these different things of what's going on in social media, the latest craze and uh, fashion or what they're honest, the music or the latest dances and stuff. But you can't even tell me one lick or scripture that you memorize by heart. God said, I need to hide my word in your heart that I might not sin against him. I need to hide the word deep down inside my subconscious to know that when even the enemy comes in, the spirit of the Lord lift up the standard. Even when I can only concentrate on one scripture, my help comes from the Lord, which made heaven and earth. 
Wait, 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 wait. What do you mean, Pastor? See, it took time. It, it takes time. Yes, it takes two weeks in order, 14 days in order for you to develop a habit. But let God be the one God, the one true God in your life. Stop sugarcoating it. Stop letting going on with these pastors, preachers, teachers, prophets, apostles that are not living a dick, nickel, dime, a quarter. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. Do not pursue after these people that God is exposing and you know for a fact they're not living right. And I'm going to say it like this. If God told you to move out of that ministry and you didn't move, you need to repent and tell God you're sorry and move. If God says, hey, you need to stay, repent because I know you want to move. But God said, hey, I need you to stay. And then stay. Let you got to be able to work it out because God is honestly telling you, look, this is where your assignment is. Your assignment is different than mine and mine is different than yours. So there shouldn't be any animosity, no jealousy, no nothing. But it should be that God is the main source in your life. Let God be God. Let him be the one. Let, let him be the one. We want everything else to be the one, but God is the main source, the main one that we have to be able to go through and go to when we die. Please understand, saints of the Most High, and even of the ones that are not saved, I'm telling you from experience, God has been able to be fulfilling, faithful, true, trusting, knowledgeable, understanding, and also at the same time, he gives you what you need when you need it. And that's what they, he did for the people of Israel. They were able to lay the foundation and they were able to sit there and give God the praise and the glory, which he is due. There is nothing too hard for God. So go through it. Go through every situation, circumstances that the enemy wants to take you through. Go through it. But at the same time, while you're going through it, don't forget who placed you there in the first place. Let me say that one more time for the people in the back. During Ezra's time, people were in pretty much in so many different places. And they were exiled. And for the ones that were coming back. And they wanted to be able to assemble. And they wanted to be able to fellowship. And they wanted to be able to go back to the word of God. And making sure that God's temple was so prevalent. So right there. Because they had to dwell in there. They had to dwell with other people that weren't believing as them. So they wanted to make sure God's house, God's kingdom, God's way of life was preserved before the next generation. And for the ones that are there immediately, God was tugging on them to do what's right. No matter where you're at, do what's right. 
No matter who's looking or who's not looking, do what's right the first time. Then you don't have to repeat the whole entire cycle. Let me say it one more time for the people in the back. You don't have to repeat the same cycle if you do what God says do. And then at the same time, you need to be able to sit there and know that God is able no matter what's going on, no matter what the situation has called up or someone has been able to lie on you or family members have been able to talk bad about you and making sure your future is trash. No, you need to make sure that God is the stability of everything. And at the same exact time, when people start talking bad about what you are doing and asking you who gave you the authority, Oh, you need to go into Ezra, the fifth chapter, but I'm not going to read that. But you need to go in and see who's been sitting here and talking bad about God's people. Who had the audacity to come up against him and why? See, the enemy wants to prevent you from going forward. But you got to sit there and make your mind up that God is the main one. He's the one that I'm I'm. I am following and his direction, his instructions, that's where I need to go. Amen. Now, thank you so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, please follow and subscribe. Please give us a five-star rating. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Audible. Spotify and Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Samsung, Podcasters, and other major platforms. And if you really, really, really love what you're hearing, leave us a five-star rating. This will help us to reach more people. And if you have any questions or concerns, you can be able to reach me on Facebook, at it is written by Latanya, L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, U-L-L-O-A. Once again, it is written by L-A-T-O-N-Y-A, U-L-L-O-A. And also at the same time, we have a YouTube account. Yes, we do. And we're going to start posting a whole lot more. And that's where most of my Bible studies and some of the content that we don't have here is on there also. But if you really, really want to be able to dig down deep, contact us. We don't mind. We would like to hear the questions or concerns you have. And I thank you so much for being able to listen with me or to me. And also at the same time, I'm thankful for the faithful ones, the ones that's been with me from the first time on. Kanosa me die for everyone and for the ones that have been blessing me thus far. I appreciate you. I really do. And I thank you. And I hope that you have an awesome day. And also an awesome evening. God bless you. Kanon samida. Annyeong.